black gym Little Dougie rode up to relieve me He just looked at my letter and he grinned And he said, now why do they ride for their money? They tell me why do they rope for short pay? They ain't getting nowhere Hell, they're losing their share And they all must be crazy out there Cause they never seen the northern lights They never seen a hawk on the wing They never seen the spring hit the great divide Sang like old Praviati boys. Traded in buffalo chips for microchips, son. Holy, holy. Jerry Jeff Walker with Night Rider's Lament. I think there's a new version of that he performs with Susie Boggess, but that is his original from the CD Gypsy Song Man. Jerry Jeff Walker on Community Radio. He didn't write it, but he certainly does a great version of that. 7.29 in the morning. It is very nice outside, I guess, eventually, right? We'll get there. In any case, I invite you to stay tuned right now. We've got the Almanajo Almanac with Rob McCall coming up next on your community radio station. Support for WERU comes from the Belfast Co-Housing and Eco Village, folks creating a neighborhood focused on families, sustainability, farming, and fun. Open house June 13th. More information at 338-9200 or maincohousing.org. I think I could turn and live with animals. They're so placid and self-contained. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one is respectable or unhappy over the whole earth. From Walt Whitman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for May 14th to 21st, 2010. We're coming up on the first quarter of the flower moon. Here's some natural events to... Seek wisdom and morality from plants and animals is as old as human nature. 
The book of Job, dating to the 5th or 6th century B.C., says, Ask the beasts, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. The fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. The great philosopher Aristotle's Historia Animalium, probably 3rd century B.C., was a great philosopher's effort to describe the animals of the known world and their characteristics. And much of Aristotle's material was drawn from other sources rather than his own study of real animals. So the Historia includes many mythical animals and much fantasy. But it was still a remarkable work for its time. In the 2nd or 3rd century A.D., an anonymous volume called the Physiologus appeared, setting the stage for countless medieval books cataloging the real and imagined qualities of real and imagined animals. In medieval times, these beautifully and fancifully illustrated books were called bestiaries and were treasured by the wealthy and learned. The best known among them were the 12th century Aberdeen bestiary and the 13th century Rochester bestiary, which can still be enjoyed in libraries, or you can go online and find it uh, along with the beautiful illustrations. And then for a thousand years or more, volumes of natural history, bestiaries, illustrated psalters, and scriptures copied and recopied each other's errors so often that no one really knew that the unicorn or the phoenix or the griffin didn't actually exist, or that the pelican didn't pierce her own breast to feed her young with her blood. So we can see that the book Scripture Animals by Jonathan Fisher, 1768-1847, was not simply the quirky idea of a quaint folk artist and minister who lived in Blue Hill 200 years ago. It was part of a long history of lively illustrated books about animals and their habits and wisdom, showing a respect for their lives and ways and applying those ways to our own lives. Though Jonathan Fisher observed many of the animals in his book firsthand in the same main fields and forests we walk today, he included many he'd never seen, and many of his descriptions still bordered on the fantastic. And the tradition didn't end with him. Modern bestiaries include the works of John James Audubon, 1785-1851, Charles Darwin, 1809-1882, William J. Long, 1857-1952, Ernest Thompson Seton, 1860-1946, and today, Bernd Heinrich and E.O. Wilson, among many others. Now, these naturalists write largely from their own observations, and sadly, not a unicorn or a phoenix is to be found among their descriptions. Here's a rank opinion Unfortunately, modern bestiaries, unlike the ancients, also find few moral lessons for humans in the lives and habits of other animals. Does that mean that we have nothing to learn from the animals? Far from it. What animal, other than ourselves, 
kills except to feed itself and its young? What other animal makes war against its own? What other animal poisons the air or the water to the detriment of others, or takes a load of trash to the dump every Saturday to add to the growing toxic landfill? They all build their homes and feed themselves with organic biodegradable materials. They all find everything they need in the bounty the earth provides. Are there no moral lessons for us here? And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week. This one from Henry David Thoreau. Every creature is better alive than dead. Men and moose and pine trees. And he who understands it aright will rather preserve its life than destroy it. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. Same scene we said before our last goodbye And it's time 